0: yeah i had a a whole thing with my computer right right as you said are you ready i think it's because because i've been out of work for so long they've restricted some my computer rights so i couldn't update skype and i was like oh man i've got two minutes uh, (laughs) always the way i told
1: jared you were giving him so much shit that he was gonna you know back out and not
0: be the one ready and here we are (laughs) waiting on you
1: man (laughs)
0: That's what I was thinking. I was like, "Oh my <laughs> god, we've 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 swapped roles. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to cancel. I have to reschedule." I'm like, "He's the famous one. He's gonna give me so much shit." Yes, that's right.
2: <laughs> Ow, I just hung up on him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, perfect. It's the B F S fan page rampage. The B F S. Rampage with Jerry Redick and
0: Daniel Kitten from Twitter. They're so good. Hi guys, welcome to episode 7, I think, of the BFS Fanpage Rampage. Uh, today I'm joined by Jarrah and Gary.
2: Yeah, it is episode 7, and here's the thing. Man, we were on a roll.
0: What happened? Tours. Yeah. Several tours. We went on
2: tours, and then, yeah. and then we were going to do one of these from tour, and it just never happens, does it?
0: No, that's that's true, because there's a lot of sleeping and hangovers and (laughs) drunk, and there's not really much time for anything else. (laughs)
1: And drunk. Nothing ever happens on tour. It's so funny. I mean, a lot happens, but nothing happens. No,
2: it's like one of those things where we talk about this all the time. It's like, no, everybody wonders, man, but what do you do with all your free time? You, like, sightsee, you get caught up on emails. Like, what is it? It's like, no, you don't get anything accomplished ever, you know? And and there's a
0: Some days I'm worried we won't even fit the show in. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> so right.
2: Yeah. we. Some days we're wishing we, we don't have to. <laughs> yeah.
1: Some yep. days it's like... There, there's plenty of times that we say, you know, the show's getting
0: in the way of our hanging out time.
2: Yeah, that is true.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's it, I think it's 50% saying, oh, God, I have to drink again. And then 50% saying, I never want to stop drinking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we, um yeah, get, so... Gary is in the daycare today. We're doing, uh, we're working on our new show called Rockstar Dad Show, and that's going really well. So, any of our listeners out there, that somehow
1: we we've lapped you because y'all started uh, the fan page rampage before us, and and we just had episode ten on (laughs) Dad Show.
2: Well, to be fair, we're only supposed to be going once a month on this,
1: Uh, so it was Um, was intended for us to lap. Yes, but
2: we have missed a couple. (laughs) Uh, As you can tell, like the thing was is when Gary and I started the Rockstar Dad Show. We had we were just gonna be every two weeks for the rest of the year. But then we started doing it, it was really fun, and then it was like, Oh man, we could do this every week and now it's like, Okay, this is a challenge to do this every week. We we've managed to do it.
1: it the challenge isn't isn't doing it, the the challenge is carving out the time to get together and do it.
2: Yeah. And then just all the stuff that goes along behind the scenes of all that, scheduling the interviews and And all of that. But yes, so uh, those of our fan page, Rampage listeners who haven't checked out the Rockstar Dad Show, you can find it the same place as you find the BFS fan page Rampage.
0: Okay, well, that covers the how have you been, I suppose.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've been good, Daniel. How have you been?
0: Good. Yeah, good. Um, Less busy than you by the sounds of things, but...
2: No, things are good here. I mean, you know, i I would go into like everything I've been working on, but sometimes you ask me about that. so, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, we've been we've been doing real. I mean, we've we've had a little bit of downtime just the last few weeks. so we've been hanging a bunch. we uh, we had a big weekend here with some friends in town, me and uh Casey and Gary and anique and and a bunch of our friends got to hang out several nights this week. So, um, I'm gonna be honest, like by the so, so last week i I went. Uh, see, what did I do on Wednesday? A Wednesday night was my father-in-law's um, birthday. And then I had a Jarrett Goes to the Movies podcast that night. So that night we were drinking. Then the next day, I almost didn't make it to Pittsburgh for the Steelers game. But when I did, we were drinking. And then the next day, I almost didn't make it back to our friend Mark's house for a house party. But I did, and we were drinking. And then the next day, we were drinking. And then Sunday was football Sunday, so we were drinking. By the end of Sunday and then early Monday, I was like, I feel like I've been on tour for three months.
1: I was going to say, you know, you said we've had some downtime, and whenever we're home, I mean, you've got nine jobs. That's nine things. And then, you know, <laughs> we both have kids and lives, and I've got a real job. And so, like, downtime doesn't mean we're not crazy busy. We always have shit sure. going on. Yeah. And normally it's like, okay, you go on tour and, and, you can kind of turn your mind off on some of those things, you know, because you're just on tour. And normally on tour, we're drinking. Yeah, but, totally. But you were doing all the drinking while we're home, too.
2: But, dude, I mean, like, marathon shit. Yeah. Like, the two weekend nights here, this never happens. But, like, we went till 3.30 in the morning both nights. Like, if you're on a tour bus... That's normal because you're just going to sleep all day the next day. Yeah. Now, I have a six-year-old that expects a blueberry muffin around 6.30 a.m. no matter what time I went (laughs) to bed. You know what I mean? I mean, he doesn't give a shit. (laughs) Like, to him, it's just a normal day. You know?
0: Yeah, that's, that's that's how tour works for us that aren't in the band is, like, I, you know, I drink till 3.30 in the morning with you guys, and then Timmy wants a blueberry muffin at 6.30. <laughs> it's,
2: it's so very true. So very true. But we've been good, man. Things have uh, things have been good and, and rocking along, man. Excited to get back over there soon.
0: Awesome. Um, so, yeah, as you just said, latest news to talk about. Is there anything going on? What has been going on? What is going to be going on?
2: Well, I mean, right away, we've got this tour coming up with patent pending. Uh, called the Almost Christmas tour. We're super excited about it. I mean, Rob um, will be playing bass with us again, and Rob kind of came in to do some rehearsals and kind of like lit a fire under our ass. Like I think we were all just like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do these songs and these songs or whatever. And he was like, no, man, we got to do this because this is really cool. And I heard this song, and I'm like, oh boy, what's going on? Like the young whippersnapper is here, cracking the whip, getting us all into getting us all into tour shape. So. Um, We got some cool surprises, some songs that that he brought to our attention that we hadn't played in a long time, and we're going to do, it's going to be fun. So, And then most recently, we did um, add Not Your Girlfriends to the show, whose new album will be out on the 16th, new video just came out. and uh, man,
1: that's gonna be fun watching them get to experience yeah. the UK.
2: Yeah, we got to see them. We took them on tour in Texas and Oklahoma recently, and then we took and then we were out on Warp Tour with them. So we've gotten to see like so much cool stuff. But for us, this is gonna be almost like them experience the UK. But I, I mean, me especially, I'm excited for the UK to see them. You know, like
1: I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. Yeah. I doubt they sleep the day away because they're hungover. No, that's not (laughs) going to happen. No,
2: no. They're going to actually go out probably and see stuff. Yeah. You know? But, uh, but yeah, man. So that's first first and foremost. I will say, uh, uh, some other news. Kelly and I did push our record back to February. Um, gosh, it just got crazy busy. They got crazy busy. I got crazy busy. We were, we both ended up doing a tour that we didn't expect to do. And, uh, then Linus, who was producing the record, ended up going to Australia with Nerve Herder, his his band, and so quite frankly, it just kind of we were on this insane roll to have it out December seventh, and then it just sat for about four weeks. So it was like, okay, so um, that is pushed to to December, but or to to February. But the Bowling Pursuit DVD now will be out on December seventh, so that's exciting. And uh, so we will finally be releasing something that we recorded live there, And um, besides the acoustic thing. So full on, and that's up for pre-order now, by the way, so everybody can just go to bowlingversoup.com and, and check that out. But it is cool, man. It's like a full two and a half hour show. We do all the songs from Drunk Enough to Dance, and then a bunch of the hits. And uh, news-wise, I mean, gosh, I don't know if there's anything else. I mean, that's that's a lot.
0: Okay, well, let's look at what the news has been saying about Bowling for Soup. So, first thing I've got here, uh, a vote for future Whitfest headliner. So, this is, by the looks of things, some kind of university campus festival uh, that you guys are one of the five finalist candidates that the students are going to vote for who they want to see. Oh, wow. How does that work? Do you have to agree to do the show and keep you diary free in case they want you there i don't think they can just vote
1: for us to be there <laughs> yeah, they just we've yeah. decided yeah
2: yeah uh gary and i just had a vote that elizabeth hurley needs to walk through this door right now <laughs> in one of the bikinis that she's on on instagram every day um I think the idea is for them to sort of gauge the interest and then they come out. I'm sure that they've probably reached out to somebody and been like, here's who we can provide, and, and these all fit within the budget that is provided. But gosh, who knows? I don't know where that kind of stuff comes from. I mean, uh, but I will say this. Colleges here, you know, universities, are are usually pretty accommodating as far as schedule is concerned. If they have someone they want in mind, it, it is not rare for a university to come to us be like hey we want you to come do this festival you know it's such and such date and we'll be like oh we're not available that date but we're available the week after and they're like okay fuck it we'll just move it to the next week i mean <laughs> that it that kind of stuff happens all the time um so i don't know good luck uh, good luck us on that vote
0: cool uh, enemy have dug up the uh story of you guys announcing that my Chemical Romance would be Reading <laughs> and Leeds festival. I don't know why why they've brought that up again, but you know, well, an um,
1: enemy has now voted that My Chemical Romance will be at Reading and, and Leeds.
2: <laughs> oh man, you know I love when new, I, It's like that freaking in in. The bowling for soup. how what are we bowling for or whatever that just keep like every four weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's just back with like a new fury. And it's just all of my shits just blown up with that thing. And then it's just, you know, creative, <laughs> creative interviewers that are just like, I've just stumbled upon this. Let's get an answer from the source, you know, <laughs> And it's just like, you know, I mean, you're literally the hundred and fortieth person that's, that's gone me.
1: viral seven times <laughs> exactly. It's just like, <laughs>
2: My gosh. But um,
0: the way I always the way I always look at it is as soon as my mom texts me that tweet that tweet, yeah. I'll let you know because that's when it's done. Because when oh, okay. she sees it, Got everyone's it. seen it.
2: Right? Okay, that, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, just let me know. I don't mind. I mean it definitely keeping our name out there. And then there's that one that's just like it's really, really odd that it's so it's so viral, but it's just some girl just tweeted, picture this. Debbie just hit yeah. the wall, and she just does the whole yeah. first verse of the song, and man, that thing has millions and millions of likes. It's just crazy, but you know, I don't know. I've never, I've never um, said that I could. I knew why things go viral, unless you're in Florida.
0: <laughs> oh, that's Jesus, uh, Alt Press did a story about uh, eleven musicians revealing their biggest phobias, and what was yours?
2: Uh, was mine mice. Is yeah. that I'm scared of mice, yeah. Uh, this is a true story. When I got... So, I I worked for Disney, obviously, for years and years, uh, doing Phineas and Ferb, and then um, I got hired to do Chuck E. Cheese, which is a restaurant here that their mascot is a mouse. And, by the way, Gary is yawning over here to my left, and it's making me want to yawn, and I'm trying so <laughs> I'm hard so not sorry. to. <laughs> but, um, anyway, so... We, I, we're sitting at the table, and I tell my family, I'm just like, yeah, so I'm going to be the, ne- the next Chuck E. Cheese. And that was the first thing out of my daughter, who I guess at that point she was about nine. And she goes, Dad, isn't it funny that you're scared of mice, and now you work for two of them? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's true. I, I don't like mice. I, I don't mind the little white ones at pet shops. It's the little gray, little scurrying thing. They're just too unpredictable. They're just kind of all around and all that stuff. So living in Texas, unfortunately, I do get exposed to that every once in a while. So it's like I just make deals with my neighbors. Like, I'll come over and take care of your spider or your snake if you come over and take care of my mouse. And uh, I've only been arrested for saying that to one lady. (laughs) She was like, oh, you call it a mouse, do you?
1: I was going to say that that, that's along the lines of whenever I was heading over here, you're like, just meet me upstairs. I know, dude, I'm so (laughs) glad you took it like that
2: because I almost, I almost wrote, just meet me upstairs, big boy. But I didn't know, like it's early in the morning, kind of. You know, so I was I,
1: driving, or I would have yeah, re- replied yeah, accordingly. I really
2: was like thinking when I wrote that, I, I was I thought, man, he's gonna because the way that my studio is is it's upstairs, and so like if somebody rings the doorbell, I have to like come on this intercom and tell him to come up here. So I just text and say, come on up. But um, maybe I should reword that. We'll just see what happens next time. I don't want you to like come in here expecting something that you're not gonna get.
1: <laughs> well, I did fumble with the uh, the doorknob before I walked in. I went, you know. Wanted to make sure you knew I was coming in.
0: <laughs> okay, and the last story we have, not really anything to comment on, but uh, YouTube Music, which I guess is the new name of Google Play, has introduced search via emoji. So now, and the example this article has given is if you type a bowling emoji and then the number four and then a super emoji. Oh, then you wow. search and it will return bowling for soup that's so cool that, but it seems like a lot of work yeah yeah there's absolutely no reason to to have that I could type bowling for soup benefits. so fast yeah
2: it's just cool I I will tell you this that you know from our standpoint just anytime you're included in something like that it just you know it took someone sitting there thinking about it and being like what's the best one that we could think of or whatever and actually put that out you know I mean that that feels pretty darn good
0: you know? Yeah, that's it. There's, there's literally like of all the music in the world, there's two examples, and one is Bowling for Soup, and the other one is "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time." So if you type a baby emoji and then the number one, which I think there's something kind of copacetic about, the fact that <laughs> yeah, all right. Bowling for Soup either way.
2: <laughs> that's funny.
0: <laughs> so that concludes uh, the news, and next thing is this day in Bowling for Soup history. Now. Today is the 13th of November, and I dug through Facebook to try and find anything that happened. And I guess November is generally downtime historically for Bowling for suit because it's capitalism central on your Facebook during this month. Like everything is just, have you seen this? Oh, this is on sale. Oh my God. Look at this new thing. Okay. Well
2: that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. For
0: for years and years and years, we'd always do
1: October in the UK and then we'd come home and it's like, okay, we're home for the holidays. Well,
2: November was, um, my ex, well, my, my anniversary with my ex-wife, her birthday, and then Thanksgiving, and then it gets us into Christmas. So yeah, I mean it was like and then even January would be slow cuz that gets into Gary and his wife's birthdays and and all that. So it's like this would normally be the downtime with a couple of shows around Christmas or New Year's, but um yeah, so this whole UK thing really is super unique. We've never been over there this late in the year. So
1: I'm I'm scared it's going to be really
2: cold. It's going to be cold as shit and I, it's going to suck. God, it's going to be wet and gray.
0: And uh <laughs> it's
1: going to be horrible.
2: It's it's just but you know, I don't know. Free dental
0: isn't wet and gray your favorite online category? Hi-yo! Ding, 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 ding,
2: ding, 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 I did not expect you to come out with a whipper snapper today, Daniel. Good one. And yes. So,
0: if we're pushing it, this day in Bowling for Soup history, 13th of November, 2015, you posted about a Bowling Soup karaoke contest where the winner got to have dinner with Bowling for Soup backstage on the How About Another Round Tour. Do you remember that? Was that super weird or...?
2: Uh, it was weird. I do remember it uh, because of the way that it worked out. Um, it had we had we did it at, in Newcastle, and I don't know if you specifically remember the dressing rooms in Newcastle, Daniel. But it's like the tiniest little rectangular room.
0: Oh yeah, that's and horrible, it's like
2: one. none of the other bands have any room either. So like it's just like even your stuff takes up like half the thing, and then there's two. Of these couches that like aren't big enough quite for two or three people, four,
1: four people can uncomfortably sit. Yeah,
2: okay, that ma- <laughs> yes total in yeah, the room, except it. for where Chris Bernie sits in front of the table.
1: Wow, well, right, that's four fine. people can uncomfortably sit. Okay, okay, sit. got it, got it.
2: <laughs> um, but no, we had um, gosh, and I think this guy, I think the guy's name's Robert. His name's Robert. And I think he's on the. I'm pretty sure he's kind of grown up because it's been a few years ago. What What did you say? What year it
0: was? Uh, yeah, twi- uh, it would have been the How About Another Round Tour 2016.
2: Yeah, so it's been a couple of years. Um, yeah, him and his little brother won the th- won it, and uh, they came backstage, and we had uh, McDonald's. And so uh, I believe well, it was... we ran
1: out of time, so we couldn't go anywhere. So we had that's out correct. Yeah. yeah. So we
2: yes, yeah, so we didn't we didn't have time to go anywhere, but we did have a meal. Uh, We had, we had some McDonald's and we made sure that they got plenty of fries and burgers and, um, you know, it was fine. It was fine. They they were super happy and we we had fun doing it. It just sucked that it couldn't have been in one of those dressing rooms where you like Southampton or whatever, where you have, you've literally a conference room, you know, like you could all lay on the table. Yeah. Um, but yes, I do remember. And, uh, that was fun. It's cool. We had some cool entries to that.
0: Next thing to talk about is what's Jarrett listening to right now?
2: Well, let's go to Gary on that. Let's throw to Gary, because you guys go to me on this. Let's just put Gary on the spot.
1: Gary, what are you listening to these days? Oh, my God. Um, man, I'd, I'd really have to uh, think about that for a second. Probably my um, my kind of go-to thing that I've been listening to lately is Bayside. Mm-hmm. I love that band. Yeah. And uh, I didn't realize it till so late in the game, but... Um, I've kind of just been going back and and going through all that stuff right now.
2: I haven't. You know, I think I liked them for like, it's one of those bands where I think I liked them for like a month and then I just stopped listening to it and and that's just kind of where it sits.
1: We used to back in the day, we were on the same circuit and so they would always play the same venue in town either the day before us or the day after us Mm -hmm. and like a lot of our our fans were the same and I had them confused with another band Mm. and so like forever I thought that I didn't like them and so it wasn't until, like, 2012, and I figured out that it wasn't the band that I was confused ah, with. I and you. I was like, holy shit, they're amazing. And uh, so I've, I've kind of just been kicking myself in the ass for the past few years mm-hmm. uh, and re, re-catching up on all of their stuff.
2: They are really great. And Timmy worked for them uh, for a while before he listened to us. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, Daniel, you know, if, if you're looking for new music, though, How about that new Not Your Girlfriend's record that comes out two days after we're doing this right now? (laughs) I mean, just, just great. No, I'm serious. New Kids in America, Not Your Girlfriend's. I've had to listen to it because we've been working on it for a few months, and I think people are going to love it. So I want people to get If you didn't pre-order it, just go get it, download it, stream it, whatever. Uh, But check it out, and, uh, and then check out Bayside, too. Good dudes.
0: And go look up Not Your Girlfriend's new video now before their album comes out, or before you buy it, before you make a decision to buy it, and then you can come see them on tour just in time. It's that's perfect. right.
2: Yeah. So if you actually, here's what's great about Not Your Girlfriend's right now, that's a band that you could come see support Bowling for Soup, and like if you download their album, you pretty much have most of their set that you can have memorized. So you're gonna look like a winning person. You're going to be in the know because you're going to know the first slot. Because everybody's going to know three or four patent pending songs. I don't know what their set looks like. They're probably going to play some new stuff or whatever. But you know the whole opener, their whole set, people are going to be like, oh, man, this person is really in touch.
0: I'm excited to see the girls see the UK for the first time because you guys know what the UK is like and how you just accept that you can't get certain things. But (laughs) imagine being a 13-year-old girl and being told, "No, you can't have that. You can't have that." Thing right. <laughs> well, it'll be like
2: us for the first several times. I mean, you you you're happy, and everything's new, and it's just, oh, okay. Well, that's that's an inconvenience I can live with. Um, it it'll be a while before they're before they actually start to realize. Wait a minute, you can't have anything over here. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't give you anything.
0: <laughs> you can't even <laughs> buy shit here. Like, because everything's closed all the time. <laughs> you can't, you can't get ice because it's made of water, which apparently is an important commodity in the UK.
2: Something like that. I don't know, but no. In all seriousness, it's going to be great. And they're man, you you cannot imagine how excited these little girls are. So it's going to be great fun.
0: Let's look at bowling for soup on TV. Which, let me before we go into this, just appeal to the fan page for help on this segment for the future because I'm running out of things that bowl of soup have done on tv because i only know so many things so if you guys have is that like a hidden dig at to... us are
2: it you, might be are uh, you
0: saying
1: that we're not super famous and we haven't done a whole bunch of tv shit
2: that's a daniel cotton style dig is what that yeah. is yeah 100%. Wow. yeah 100 percent. wow that's how he rolls man it's like not even passive aggressive it's just like sort of like it's this it's this dig where it's just kind of like you know like straw underneath your fingernails yeah
1: just fucking hurts. If you're running out of shit that we've done on TV, I'll send you the footage of whenever I was six and we took the cat to the vet and we ended up on the news. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs>
0: oh. However, I'm down to my last couple of ideas with this myself. Um, and this one is one I think about a lot but just because of how Weird it is, and I just I just looked it up on YouTube and and was laughing out loud watching it because it's so fucking weird. Um, the 2011 PBA Tournament of Champions when Bowling for Soup uh, premiered their new song "Sister Saturday" at the I guess World Tenpin Bowling Championships or something like that. Yeah,
2: it was one of the weirdest days. It was great. We had a blast, but it was so. Flippin' weird. I mean, they, they were basically having this bowling contest. And, and it's the championships, bowling championship, And they have us set up, like, at the end of the lanes to do this show in between matches. But it's not... There are a couple of Bowling for Soup fans there, by the way. And that's the weird thing about the television thing. And not even just a couple. They let us... They gave away tickets to, like, fans who, like, applied for them. So there was, like, a whole section... Of bowling for soup fans that were into it, but when you watch it on the TV, they are showing the bowling fans who literally are holding their ears. It's like (laughs) old ladies who were, and I and I'm not misusing the word literally. They're literally holding their ears, like we are. They they could not be more just offended and bothered because we're there and all of that stems from just the fact that the guy who's in tu- who's like the head of the bowling league for not for the reason you would think because our name is bowling Soup, he just likes our band a lot and just would uh, and always tries to hire us to do shit and man but i mean we got, we had an amazing weekend amazingly they treated us so great they put us up in fact i mean our crew were stoked cuz a couple of them hadn't showered in a few days. I remember that. Remember Tony? Like went. went oh man, and,
1: we had amazing hotels, and, yeah. and they had a amazing, cool little area. We had like our own private bowling alley. That's right. Yeah, we had our
2: own private bowling alley with just coolers and coolers of beer, and I mean that's just it. The one thing about bowling, it's it, that's unlike NASCAR is they they don't give a fuck. They just let you drink.
1: There's definitely drinking in bowling. <laughs> yes, for yeah. sure. But um, if you if you remember. My son was born like two weeks before this. That sounds right, yeah. And so we flew in to do this show, and we flew in the night before, and then the show was, you know, noon or something the next day. And then as soon as we were done, I, I jumped on a plane and flew back home to go, you know, be home with family. This is the first time we were ever in Vegas. Where after we did sound check the night before, Jarrett's like, "All right, let's go do this." And I'm like, "I'm going to the hotel room and going to yeah, sleep." Yeah, that did happen. The first time I was ever in Vegas where I didn't go have yeah, a great time. Yeah, go
2: have fun. Luckily for me, my friend Greg had flown in for that. remember? Yeah. and uh, so I was entertained. I think we had to take, but we were like out and uh, but that that is just a fine example of how you would actually never know how happy we are inside by seeing how miserable we are while playing that song on that television screen right there. Cause we're miserable. I mean, just like there is no reason we should be doing this right now. I mean, it was, it was bad, but I mean, it was national TV. We, we all got really cool bowling jerseys out of the thing. And, uh, and it,
1: it, and it is kind of a weird, uh, you know, introverted experience where we're normally, uh, normally not introverted. I fucked that up. But, uh, um, inverted experience where sure. n- normally we're going, not normally, but a lot of the times we go places and it's a pain in the ass to travel and the accommodations suck and it's just a beating, but the show is a blast. Right, And, and it's yeah. like, okay, this 48 hours is going to suck, but this hour is going to be fun, and it was just the exact opposite. Totally. Where the show was miserable, but it was a fantastic trip.
2: Yeah, that juxtaposition of like where – it, it, and 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 actually, normally when we're doing television, it's pretty fun because it's like it's they're they're all different. This was miserable because yeah. they weren't set up to do it. You know, it was just the whole thing. But again, we only played three songs. Yeah, and it was I guess you know that whole experience was two hours out of our day. Yeah, and we got to see the first woman ever in the championship, and she lost. And I don't mean that to be sexist. That's reality. She literally lost.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Um, Yeah, if you guys haven't seen that, Please go, it's on, the whole thing's on YouTube. The 2011 PBA Tournament of Champions, please go watch that, and look out for the guy in the audience who does not look up from his phone one time on (laughs) on national a
2: There is a gray-haired lady on there that is literally, has the biggest frown and just look of terror on her face. I And here's the thing, I haven't seen this since since then and I'll still never forget it it
1: made an impression
2: yeah because people were texting or calling and saying oh my god that had to have sucked that was terrible like the audience was so miserable and I'm like wait a minute no there was this whole they brought in a whole like a hundred it had to have been a hundred yeah Bowling for Soup fans to like hear this debut and be there and watch the thing or whatever
1: they
0: just didn't show them they
2: just didn't show them (laughs) 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 it's unbelievable
0: It's one of my favorite things to watch, really is. Uh, Let's talk about the story behind the song. Uh, This was voted for by the fan page they want to hear about, uh, Why Don't I Miss You?
2: Oh, that's a cool one, and uh, I will tell you why. Um, A, it's just great. I wrote that song with Stacey Jones, who is this week's guest on the Rockstar Dad Show. Things are just lining up. Episode 10. Uh, So you get to hear about his whole... um, dad experience and how he's been famous three separate times which is crazy uh that song was a uh, his he just had come up with the idea of a song about like being so madly in love with someone and it's essentially sort of like that unanswered prayers kind of thing of like how you you really wish that you you know the person that you're with especially when you're young you're like I'm going to be with this person forever Um, and then, so we did, we actually took like a real relationship of mine that I actually thought was going to last forever. And we kind of dissected it and put it on in onto the paper and made that the story. Um, but it's, it's just, again, it's, it's a love song. It's, it's about how things can be just amazing. And then as you grow up and you sort of look back and your Facebook friends or whatever, you're like, yeah, it's weird that I don't miss you. You know, like I, I, you were my whole world. And now you're not, you know. Uh, by the way, and so Got Your Name Tattooed on my heart because was I wasn't old enough to have a tattoo yet. Um, so that's where that line came from. And uh, But yeah, so uh, back at Rider High is actually where I went to high school. Uh, Wishes on Stars in the Texas Sky. Hold on, I'm, I'm actually doing the thing, Daniel, where I have already started talking about the song and then I look up the lyrics Yeah. so yep. that I can talk about it. But I'm not gonna really edit this one very much, so I'm really trying to kill
0: time. just just fill just fill the silence yeah. I
2: understand. <laughs> uh, there's some cool lines on this one though, man. I mean uh, hey, here's a fun thing. If you google the lyrics on uh, Google, uh Rider is spelled wrong. So uh, that's not where I went to school.
1: You, you don't want to Google them on Ask Jeeves. No,
2: I don't even know it <laughs> doesn't a dog bring you some shit if right. you do that? Um, but yeah, a cool little throwaway line. We're back in black when we were hand in hand, uh, two young kids like Jack and Diane. Um, you know, it's, that's kind of one of those things. Uh, I, I love the, uh, maybe I was too high. Maybe I just sobered up too soon and you're still on the dark side of the moon is like one of my favorite lyrics that, that Stacy and I ever wrote for sure. Um, but yeah, man, we kind of were king and queen of the town in our, in our eyes and, you know, they, we just it, it, we didn't make it, so uh, that's a good thing because I'm super happy now, Daniel. So you know, I don't know why you continue to bring these memories up every time I talk to you.
0: You know, like every oh, time but, I talk yeah. to you, you're
2: just like, "Hey, tell me about another one of your breakups that you had." You know,
0: <laughs> listen, dude, I didn't write these fucking songs. It's, on, it's, on my ball.
2: Uh, it's a great tune. Um, and another one where I. I didn't really used to be that comfortable with the tenor of my voice when I sing low like that. Um, so that one took a little bit of convincing, I think for me, but I, I don't mind singing like that now, but that back then, I think that was on burrito, if I'm not mistaken, you know, 2005, 2004, 2005, I still wasn't really, really super confident with singing back down there on that remember back like down there, but uh, now I'll go down there anytime. Wait a minute, not anytime Jesus Good lord, I know I got a million of those
0: I think this is the fourth Jesus of the podcast It so is the fourth Jesus of the doing good. <laughs> I'm doing
2: good, right? See, now you know exactly what it's like to be in a band with me That's what I'm going for If I can get them to all go Oh, Jesus Christ <laughs> Like at least four or five times Successful show So this is We, we have a successful podcast here, Daniel
0: it's going good. Uh, was there a, a reason for so many references there? Back in Black, Jack and Diane, uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Were, were any of those specifically kind of wedged in because you wanted to make a reference to that or did it just fit?
2: It was what we were listening to back then. So like um, so like in high school, though Back in Black had been kind of around for a while, it was really, really popular. Uh, Jack and Diane, same thing. It was like stuff that was kind of always a go-to you know, at a party or in the car or whatever to listen to. But yeah, good question. I mean, those, those were just songs that were, I mean, they're timeless today. You still hear them all, all the time. But at that point, you know, the oldest one was 10 years old, you know, so they were, they were kind of just around. Um, but yeah, it, it, it really just kind of trying to paint the picture of the time.
0: Yeah, I think that's cool because I I didn't really pick up on on why that was. But I suppose listening to it, it does kind of put me in a place in a a time, which is weird because I didn't live during that time. So it obviously worked. Good (laughs) job. You did. Thanks, buddy. Now, last thing is questions from the fan page, which usually I direct at you. But today we have mainly questions for Gary. Um, Am I getting roasted?
2: (laughs) No. Yeah. Well, kind (laughs) of.
0: Yeah, I think we could do, honestly, with what was submitted, a solid 20 minutes on real estate, but I don't want to because <laughs> yeah. that's not what this podcast is about. That's a different podcast, and you guys can go and find a real estate podcast if you want, but that's not what, <laughs> that's not what we're them. trying to do here. Um, so there's, there's some featured. Um, Owen Lewis asks, did you know the guys before they started the band?
1: Yeah, um, actually... I knew of and was somewhat friends with everyone before Bowling for Soup started. Um, whenever I was uh, seventh grader, or so, uh, that's whenever I started playing drums and, and got into a band. And my bass player at the time, his older sister was dating Eric. And so that's how I met Eric. And he was in... Uh, other bands and his band and my band would play at the coffee house that Chris ran. So that's how I met Chris and Chris was in a bunch of other bands. And uh, from playing at that coffee house, that's also how I met Jarrett. Uh, His bands were playing there and uh, I would always go watch them. So we all knew each other from the music scene. Uh, Even though I'm, I'm a lot younger than the guys, I just kind of knew them all from, from that whole Scene. It gets so crazy. You
2: almost have to draw it because Lance was also in a band with Chris and Eric. And then he sat in with the band with Chris and Eric. And me and Lance were in a different band. Yeah. And then before I asked Chris to be the guitar player in Bowling for Soup, I actually asked Gary's guitar player. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, a very small. Um, especially this day and age in that town. I mean, they've got a big music scene now, but it was a very small music community, and we, you know, yeah, good
0: stuff. Let me just point out that little uh, dig that Gary just made there, even though I'm a lot younger than well, the rest I, <laughs> I, I, I noticed that whenever
1: I said it. I didn't mean it that way, but at the time, it was weird because I was 13, 14, playing in a band, hanging out with, you know, 19 to... 23-year-olds, that's yeah. weird. And so that's why I was pointing out that I was younger. I mean, now it doesn't make a difference. I'm 40, Jared's 46, you know? I mean, yeah. that's a lot different than uh, 14 and, you know, 20.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, you know, I mean, to put it in perspective, Chris is 10 years older than Gary. That doesn't matter now, but back then it seemed like a lot, you know? I mean, it was... Yeah. Again, we were we all could drive. We all could buy them beer when they started driving. Yeah. Not ever at the same time.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, it, it I guess why it was weird is is um not so much Jarrett, but Eric and Chris, like, I would see them socially, you know, like, out and about town, and we would hang out, and you know, because we were all in, the, in this kind of music scene. So that's why I
0: was kind of just pointing out um, the age difference. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like when you're dating someone, and it's fine if you're 40 and 46, but if you're 13 and... Twenty. Then it's a, yeah. That's weird. frowned yeah. for yeah. sure.
2: Definitely, yeah. especially if you started when you were like, you know, <coughs> seven and thirteen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we got five Jesuses. <laughs> well i was trying
2: to i was actually trying to think about like because we have this conversation because my i mean i have a 15 year old daughter so we have this conversation all the time about how like she could be dating so i mean you know she was 14 dating a 16 year old eventually he's going to be adult an adult and she's not you know so it it it, there is like a weird thing obviously i i took that joke you know a little bit i was (laughs)
0: let's move on daniel if you're listening, just so you know, the rule is you can date someone half your age plus seven. That's the rule. And and if you go outside of those boundaries, then you broke the rule. Hmm. Uh, and work it out, because it works. Oh, Steve I, Rides. I fucking did it. Whoa. Oh, you did it? Yes, yeah, I fucking did it. it. Steve Rice asks, how do you balance the band, your family, and real estate? Um... It's it's a
1: struggle. I mean, there's times where it's kind of living double life. You know, I mean, it's um, the the weirdest part of that is whenever we're home for a while, we kind of get into a domesticated role where, you know, I'm dad. I'm putting my son to bed every night. I'm waking up in the morning, taking him to school, going to work. And that's the routine. Right. And whenever we're about to hit the road, it's it's and it's anxiety of like oh man I don't want to go I don't want to go I don't want to go to the airport I don't want to get on the bus and it's like as soon as I get to the airport or as soon as I get to the bus all that goes away and like muscle memory kicks in and you know what you're doing Um, and there's a couple of days transition or whatnot but I mean it it really does just kind of kick in and then that same transition happens whenever you get home because you've been staying up all night drinking with your friends and then all of a sudden it's like oh I got to wake up at you know, six to go take my son to school. So there's there's transitions. That's really the harder uh, hardest part because it's not like I'm, I'm doing all of those things at the same time. When we're on tour, I'm obviously not being the dad and whatnot. Um, but, uh, you know, I still do get work done on the road. I just don't get new work done. So whenever we're gone, I can handle real estate wise, I can handle everything that I had going before I left. I'm just not really able to take on new clients at the time. So whenever we get home, I usually have a down month or two trying to get that going again.
0: Michael Price asks, who is your drumming idol and who out of the new bands on the scene do you look at and think, wow. Well,
1: uh, growing up, I'd say my drum idols, Bill Stevenson. I mean that just the whole descendants thing that, that just changed my world. Um, and, and he's always been someone I looked up to, uh, musically, punk rock-wise, he's he's technical. He's fast. He's kind of got it all. Uh, but I also really, really loved uh, George Hurley. He played drums for a band called Fire Hose, not Firehouse, Fire Hose. And uh, one of the coolest things he ever did that kind of changed my perception on things was. Uh, he had less drums and more cymbals, so I th- always thought that was really cool. You know, we were going away from the twelve-piece drum kits. He he had like a four-piece or a five-piece kit, but he had fifteen cymbals, and I was like, "Wow, that's really cool." So, those are probably the two um, guys that that kind of shaped my drum uh, drumming. And George had like the, I mean, Fire Hose had like a lot of the
2: the it was very very dynamic. So there was a lot of, like, splash symbols and things for, like, these hits and all of that, and, which you were doing before us, and then you get in our band, and there's no need for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, um, man, I don't know who it would be now. I'm old. I don't listen to anything new, really. Uh, I, I, I wish I had more new stuff on my plate, but I have a job and kids, and I, I just don't listen to that
0: much new stuff. I'm really excited whenever I do find new stuff, though. Uh, Rod and James asks, has anyone at a house showing ever recognized you as that bloke from BFS? <laughs> um, you know what? So whenever I first started selling
1: houses, I, I tried to kind of run with it and be like the rock and roll realtor or something like that. And it just it just didn't work. No one cared. It didn't matter. Uh, no one wanted a, a rock star selling houses. It just didn't make sense. Right. Um, so I just steered away from that and just started working and being professional. And there have been times while I'm out showing houses and a client that I've already been working with somehow figures it out, whether, you know, they looked me up or they're like, you look familiar or whatnot. Most of them think it's really cool. And then whenever they do figure it out, it works because they tell their friends, Hey, my agent does this. And then it's cool when they tell someone about it. It's just not cool when I tell them. Um, But I have had one person where we were out. I think we were in like Sanger, Texas, which is kind of the country. We had looked at houses a couple of days. uh, And at this point, I pulled up to the driveway. They pulled up behind me and they asked me. They're like, hey, are you the guy that's in that band? And I go, yeah, and you know, we talked about it for a minute, and then they never called me back. They would never answer my calls. They're like, I guess they just were not oh, impressed. Oh, no! Yeah, but it's only happened once. Every other time, and people are like, that's Damn so cool. It. Usually, they're like, I never would have guessed it, and then they're super impressed.
2: Son of a bitch. Well, you know, out of the however many years, almost how long have you been doing this now? Almost 10, 9 10 years. 10 years? We lost you one sale. Yeah. That's not too shabby. No. unless Unless we were dragging you away on tour, and you couldn't get the listing which
1: that's happened a few times but yeah there was just one person and it was real weird when they asked and i was like yeah you know yeah i was surprised because we had already you know had a good relationship and they were just done with me for some reason
0: (laughs) (laughs) did did that make you want to start saying no no i'm not that guy
1: no i mean i never really tried to run away from from who i am or what i do it's just a matter of how you position yourself right
0: that makes sense. Uh, Geraldine <laughs> Darling asks, do you enjoy being mostly hidden from view when being on stage? When being on stage?
1: Um, I don't know. Being on stage is weird because there, there's times where because I'm in the back or some stages are different shaped. So if I'm further back or, or sometimes we have like these uh, banners on the side of the stage. So that blocks my view being so far back or with lights or whatnot. And then that, That bothers me if I can't see the crowd, if I can't see the band members, the other band members, obviously that bothers me. Um, But yeah, there's times where I, I just feel removed or maybe not as into the show if I can't see the audience. That... Um, but other than that, I mean, it, it doesn't really bother me being in a, in a different spot.
2: That's sucky. You know, we pay these light guys. <laughs> you just tell me, and I'll well, tell them.
1: Not always. Sometimes it's the you know the the state fair, and it's that spotlight oh, guy right. that's yeah. you know two hundred yards away, just trying to blind right. you.
2: Yeah, if it's in my eyes, it's in yours too. Right. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. That's why I, I, know, I include. The- that's why I try to include Gary in the show. With uh, so a lot of times we'll just check in with Gary Wiseman, and I try to make up a different middle name each time. And he gets hit on the spot, and then he just says something hilarious and gives the mic back.
1: Yeah, that's, that's my favorite part. And al-
2: not <laughs> yet. <laughs> <laughs> not your favorite part? Also, uh, on the last tour, we had a spinning drum riser to try to expose more of him to the audience, and it was very Spinal tapish. <laughs> it did not work half the time, and then it, when it did, it went really, really slow. Yeah. It was kind of dumb.
1: It, it it sounded cooler than it was.
2: It wasn't our uh, best work. Well, I don't know. I mean, because, you know, the one that we had when we did the video for 1985 was fast. You know, it was like, wasn't that one
1: fast? It was much faster. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, you know, he could spin you around one time and look cool. And, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It <laughs> took four people to fucking make that work, by the way. <laughs> like, if you were on that tour, like, it took a whole thing. They had to write down, like, when they were going to spin them. Yeah, and like it, they'd have to like set up and get like this whole thing together and move all these cables and shit, spin them around, and then spin them back around or whatever. They they worked hard for that, but it it it. I don't think it got the effect that any of us were looking for, to get.
1: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I talked to people. After the show, sometimes, and you'd hear someone say, "Oh, yeah, that was cool that you spun around," and then the person next to him go, "What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah they didn't see it
2: because yeah. <laughs> it was so slow they didn't notice. Yeah, like one of those restaurants that spins while you're eating, and you just like look up from your cell like, how the fuck did we get to this view?
0: <laughs> just for anyone listening, it actually took five people to make the. Uh, <laughs> I knew you were gonna say because- it. I did.
2: Because, <laughs> I knew because, you were going to have some sort of retort and I'm glad that you do cuz I like when they get the inside scoop go
0: <laughs> because uh, in in some venues the hardest the hardest job of the day is finding a fan that can be pointed at Gary because you know he is the person in the band who actually has to do work and um, you hear that to you point- hear that so there's
2: a Daniel Cotton dig see yeah. but to me that felt like bamboo under the fingernails to you you don't give a shit because
1: I heard it both ways. I'm uh, bi- I'm bilingual. Okay.
2: I yeah. got it. All right. I got it.
0: <laughs> the, all right. The point is Gary has a more exerting job, let's say. And um, it's tiring. So he, he has a fan pointed at him and we don't always have a fan with us. So we find one from the venue and some nights that that uh, that means having an extension cord. Do you know the puzzling part, the part thing, about that is?
1: I didn't realize that it's an ongoing thing, day to day, that y'all struggle with. I could solve that real quick. Just take the fan with us.
2: Yeah, well, have no. one every day. That's the thing: is it either breaks or they lose it. Yeah. It gets squashed in the trailer. Like that's the thing: is like it, 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 all crew members know if we need something, go get it. You know, <laughs> just go yeah. and get the fucking thing. You know, like I mean, I think- it's like it's a twenty-five pound fan that's going to make his life easier. There's two twenty five hundred people here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, get him a fucking fan.
0: So in, in February I think someone forgot to order the fan or it was ordered but they didn't provide it. Something something like that. And um we got kind of three quarters of the way through the tour and there were nights when I had to hold the fan. Pointed, pointed to Gary while the thing rotated because if it had rotated with the fan on, then it would have pulled everything, pulled this extension cord, and everything would have come unplugged. And so I'm just stood behind Gary holding a fan against him like he's Britney Spears or some shit. And I mean, he didn't ask for that. Let me clarify, it wasn't his request. I just, you know, sometimes I would have, do, I would have thought it, it was
1: hilarious had had uh, we just turned around and everything fell down and it ripped off the wall. That would have <laughs> would have been pretty oh my darn
2: God. cool. Yeah, as long as it didn't, you know, hurt anybody, but. Uh, uh, mental note, Daniel, uh, let's get an email to Sarah and order a fan.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, we got, we got like three quarters of the way through the tour and I found out, I heard then why we were having these issues with the fan. And I was saying to Timmy, like, you mean I could have just gone and bought a fan? Like, I, could, yeah. I can just do that tomorrow. I will do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why are we fucking doing this? Here's
2: the thing we don't even have to do it. There's a guy that's there for four hours a day who literally his job is to go get shit. Yeah. That's, that's, and then, and then he's off the clock. He's getting paid by the promoter. And so that comes out of our ass in the end. It's like, send that guy. <laughs> go get a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Send him now, though, because we're going to be there in a, like a couple of weeks.
1: And we don't want them going out for fans. We want them going out for chicken. Chicken. Dixie chicken.
0: Uh, move, moving on in a fantastic segue, Robert Beeston asks, after the revolving drum kit earlier this year, are you going to go full out Tommy Lee this time? <laughs> We're going
1: uh, to do a unicycle drum set this year.
2: Yeah. It's going to be
1: something else. Can't wait. It's going to be someone else doing it, though, not me.
2: You know how, like, the it, it's going to look like, you know how the Grinch has all the toys and shit on the sleigh when he steals all the stuff? And it's just, like, yeah. going all over. <laughs> it's it's going to look like that. <sighs>
0: You'd probably make Rob from Pine Pendant do that, right? That's that's his thing. He just fills in.
1: We, we kind of make him do everything now.
2: Yeah, he's filling in for me next year.
1: Except for he's not
0: going and getting fans and chicken. No. No, that's my job. <laughs> that is true. I am sorry to this person if I pronounce your name wrong. I've even Googled it, but it didn't help me. Um, Stain DeVries asks, when you started the band or when you joined the band, how long did you think the band would last, honestly? You and I were talking about this just the other day. Yeah, we
2: just had this conversation.
0: Um,
1: I don't know Jared's answer. My answer was whenever I joined the band, I dropped out of college because I didn't know what the fuck I was going to be doing. Um, so I took my mom to Bennigan's, had a talk with her, said, I think I'm going to drop out of school and go tour with a rock band and do that. And uh, I really thought it'd probably be like a four or five year thing. You know, I just never thought it would turn into what it turned into.
2: No, I mean, none of us did. I mean, it, the thing is, is that Gary had dropped out of college to do this before you. I mean, I we can't really say that that's the reason he dropped out of college, but... He did drop out of college and we did end up doing this. You mean Eric? What did I say?
1: You said Gary. Gary oh, dropped out before me. Sorry. Confuse me for a second. God damn
2: it. What if we had two Garys? We can't do That's that. That's too many Garys. Yeah, um, yeah so Eric, had dro- Eric dropped out of college to do this as well. But th- so. Yeah, I think it's it. that's such a complicated thing, but it, it is interesting just to hear your response. But yeah, to do it four or five years and go back to school. And that was part of my pitch to you, too, was just like, dude, I know you're definitely not going to be able to do this and school, but dude, you can always go back to school. Well, and I mean,
1: I don't think realistically, you know, in a realistic view, anyone's like, yeah, this is going to be a 30-year career. Sure. You know, it's yeah. like, hey, we're going to go do this as much as we can, see how far it goes and have fun and... That was it. It was fun was the goal.
2: There was never any promises of like a long-term thing. It was like, Hey, we're onto something, you know, let's go do it for a little while. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here we are going to be most likely going to be singing fart jokes at 50. And that's going to be the (laughs) name of the album. Fart (laughs) jokes at 50. (laughs) I like it. That's fucking good. Actually.
0: Uh, let's make this the last question. I think we're hitting the hour mark. Um, for some reason, I put the two difficult to pronounce names together. Corey Van Enenam asks: At what point did your family and close friends realize that Bonfire Soup was more than just a garage band, and you were becoming quite famous? And what was their reaction to learning you'd been nominated for a Grammy and hearing your songs on the radio, et cetera? That's to you. That's to me. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: man, I gotta. I don't remember what happened yesterday. Um, I got to think back. So I don't know. Um, I don't know if anyone, I don't know when they, they realized we were famous or anything. We really just had a, a good support group. I would say whenever we started, uh, touring and we were just doing local taxes and, and regional shows. I mean, I had friends from high school and college and whatnot that had kind of dispersed across and they always wanted to come to the shows and see us. It was probably, I don't know. Um, probably sometime after drunk enough to dance came out that that's whenever it started being like, uh, Hey Gary, there's somebody at the door that wants to come into the show that says they went to church camp with you. (laughs) And I'm like, uh, okay, what's your name? You're like, I've never heard of that person. I don't know. So it's probably sometime after that, which, what would that be like? 2000.
2: Yeah. Four, five, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I, yeah, somewhere around there, th- whenever really people started coming out of the woodwork. My I, family was always really supportive,
2: though. You, uh, you, so he came at it from a different side, too, because he was younger. And it really was, I mean, he, he didn't really have that, with, with the exception of maybe like your grandparents, you didn't have that, what the hell are you doing, you know, kind of thing yeah. around you that much. Like your mom was always at all the shows and yada yada. I mean, like.
1: Yeah, whenever I took her to Bennigan's and said I was dropping out, she, I, I thought, I was nervous how she going to be, and she was just like. Go do it now. You can yeah. do it while you're young, you know. So she was always really supportive. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I I didn't really have a hard time with that.
2: The rest of us being older and Gary or Eric having a kid, I just did it again. God damn it, Eric being a kid. Um, <laughs> having Eric a kid. Having a kid. I had just the goddamn best joke to tell right now, and I didn't tell it, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> but remind me later. Um, I. Anywho, yeah, I mean, it probably happened around the same time for all of us, but I think it if like for for the older ones of us to be in People Magazine after the Grammys or whatever was like this crazy validity to uh, to like our parents and stuff, and for I think for Gary, we're already seeing the world and shit. Your your mom was probably already like, "This is great that you're getting to do all this," yeah, kind of thing. So I don't know, different perspectives.
0: For anyone who's counting the number of Jesuses per podcast, um, if Jarrett says, remind me when we're no longer recording, that qualifies as any joke that's going to make me say, Jesus
2: fucking Christ. <laughs> that's 100% true.
0: It's a whole next level.
2: That is 100% true. I
1: was I was just pretty, pretty proud he pulled the punch. Like, I'm the guy that pulls the punch. Earlier, I had a joke that I was like, I'm not saying that, because, yeah. you know, everyone would go, Jesus. Jesus, exactly. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. My job is to make the people say Jesus, Gary. (laughs) Your job is just to make sure nobody gets arrested. Oh, boy.
0: Well, thanks, guys. This has been awesome. Uh, Thanks to everyone for listening to episode seven of the BFS fan page rampage. Please go uh, look me up on Twitter. I am Daniel Cotton. Um, Look up my blog, Daniel Cotton from Twitter, all one word. And because we're about to go on tour uh, two weeks yesterday. Please go Google, all one word, Daniel Cotton on tour, and you'll find my tour blog where I talk about all of the Jesus fucking Christ jokes that Jarrett makes. <laughs> Bowling for soup.
2: Bowlingforsoup.com is your ticket to everything Bowling for Soup, but you guys already know the best fan page in the world. Almost 5,000 members, five years. Holy crap, you guys are the flipping best ever, and thank you to each and every one of you guys. Go check out the Rockstar Dad show, though. Please, please, please go like our socials
1: fan page rampage with bfs fan page rampage with jerry Reddick and daniel cadden from twin